You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship, for these hosses of yore. Hey crew, this is Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Command Sharia. Today we're going to ask a question, are you, that's right, why are you still an apex wild animal predator? Okay, we're going to open up with a quote. We're going to take this from Lee Child. That's right, the creator of Jack Reacher. The quote comes from the earlier novels. Some might say this is where the uh, the best of the crop lies. I'm going to lie with the fact, uh, in my opinion, the middle ones have, have the best stuff in it. But the quote, very useful. We were wild animals for seven million years. We learned a lot of lessons. We should be careful not to lose them, unquote. Again, let's keep that quote in mind as we compare a couple of definitions. All right, now the first, domesticated or domestication, which is from the Latin domesticus or of the home, uh, is the cultivation or taming of a population of organisms in order to accentuate traits that are desirable to the cultivator or tamer. So again, we are breeding over successive generations to uh, get what we want. Usually it means getting some wildness out of something to make it more uh, home ready for us. Now for today's lesson, it's important that we hew closely to the scientific de uh, definition of this word. Merely finding a baby squirrel and keeping it as a pet is not by strict definition domesticating the animal. You're merely acculturating it to the abnormal surroundings. And there is a high probability that this so-called taming will not survive sexual maturity. This is a lesson hard learned by uh, chimpanzee and big cat owners. Often what begins as an exercise in cuteness ends the animal being what it is, wild. And by the way, it's never the animal's fault. It's merely being what they are, despite our selfish wishes. Now, domestication, by strict definition, is a process of thousands of years or hundreds of bred for generations to render a species more docile or yielding to uh, human wishes. A poetic but stark definition of domestication is, quote, the breaking of a species spirit over time to make us, the owner, happy, unquote. Now, the second word to be, de, uh, be defined as civilization. We are not using the word in the broad sense of the uh, combined progress and adaptation of social man to his environment, but rather, again, in the clinical sense. Man is not a domesticated animal in the strict sense of the word, as uh, he was never purposely bred for tameness, as we have done with wolves to, uh, over time to give us cute puppies, our predatory big cats that we have bred to be lazy windowsill nappers. Now, man has never been subject to this strict, purposeful breeding program, so we are not domesticated but voluntarily choose to be tame or civilized. Now, in this light, to be civilized is to voluntarily assume the mantle of a domesticated animal, right? So there is a, there's a huge difference there. Uh, man, in theory, can do what a dog or cat cannot do. We can revert to our wild states by choice. Yes, dogs can attack and cats can claw, but no one will mistake their attempts at so-called wildness for that of their ancestors. Man, on the other hand, can be just as wild as his primitive forebears, as in essence, he still walks around with the same body and the same brain that walked the savannah millions of years ago. Now, the same can't be said for the Pekingese or Siamese at your feet begging for treats. Uh, that bit of, yeah, I'm, I'm a badass caveman, but I, I choose to be civilized and go all primal when I need to. That makes most of us feel, feel pretty fine, indeed, right? We like to think we're high-speed, low-drag, who all the way. But is the choice of civilizing ourselves just a few shades off from domestication? Just how quickly can we lose our primal abilities? 
Now let's look outside our own species for a moment to another species, a highly intelligent one at that, because that's uh, where our, the, the, the meat of this whole thing is. We need to look at something else that's quite smart, curious, inquisitive, and uh, it's a high comparison uh, analogy to us. Let's see what happens when we remove it from the wild, attempt to tame it, and then do an about-face and attempt to free it back into the wild. Now, the below, uh, what we're discussing next, is from dolphin trainer Tom Foster. This is his account of trying to rewild two wild dolphins, Tom and Misha, the dolphins, to prepare, to prepare them for the release. Uh, a lot of this was detail, detailed if you want to take a look in a wonderful article, article by Tim's, uh, science writer Tim Zimmerman. The article is called Born to be Wild. You'll find it in National Geographic, the, uh, I believe it's the June of 2015 article. Uh, now, now, keep in mind, the following account regards two wild animals. They were born in the wild, captured, and kept in captivity for a few years. These animals were not born captive, all right? Now, let's go to uh, the account of Zimmerman talking about Foster. Quote, Foster didn't see how he could restore Tom and Misha to the Olympic level of fitness they would need to survive in the ocean if he didn't put them through a regimen of fast swims, jumps, and tail walks that would build muscle and stamina. The only way is to train them so you can untrain them, he says. Okay, this is me pausing in here saying, notice this Olympic level of fitness, at least meaning to survive in the real actual wild environment. We need a higher base rate than what you might need to perform for an audience. We might look good for the show, but it doesn't mean you're ready for the real show show of being out there. Now let's go back to uh, uh, Mr. Foster's observations. High energy workouts require calories. So the first job, the first job was to overcome Tom and Misha's picky eating habits and reacquaint them with the fish they would likely encounter in the Aegean. Uh, this was off the Mediterranean, so they're in the GNC, such as mullet, anchovies, and sardines. The strategy was to offer them a local fish species. If they ate it, they were rewarded with mackerel, a fish they developed a taste for in captivity. To mimic the unpredictability of food in the wild, foster varied the amount and frequency of their meals. When you bring them into captivity, everything from feeding uh, to shows is very structured, he says. They develop a built-in clock and can tell exactly when they're going to get fed. We have to turn that around because we we know that in the wild they will eat more one day than another." Unquote. Now is this starting to sound familiar? Is this like another species? Let me think about this. Getting ready for shows, knowing exactly when you're going to eat, probably having the same sorts of meals uh, each and every single time. Now I'm sure you're way ahead of me by this point. A wild species that got fat and lazy due to a lack of exercise, regular meals, and finicky eating habits. Hmm. Now who are we talking about here? Okay, back to Tom and Misha, two so-called civilized dolphins, a species of high intelligence with a remarkable cranial capacity, just like another species we know. Quote, Foster also wanted to wake up their highly capable dolphin brains. He dropped into the pen things they may not have seen for years, like an octopus or a jellyfish or a crab. He cut holes along the length of the PVC tube, stuffed it full of dead fish, and then plunked it into the water. Tom and Misha had to figure out how to manipulate the tube so that the fish would pop out of the holes. In captivity, we train the animals not to think on their own, or to shut down their brains and do what we ask them to do, Foster explains. We are trying to do, what we're trying to do when we release them into the wild is to get them off autopilot and thinking again, unquote. Hmm, brains on autopilot. Let me think about that. Atrophied ability to think for ourselves without predictable structure. I mean, we are talking about dolphins, right? I mean, before it was just, you know, punch the, tub, uh, the, uh, the, the button and get the food pellet or... Do we just punch screens and hit the next tab and see what the next display on the screen is going to be? Hmm. 
Now, again, allow me to call attention again to Foster's comment on how to so-called civilize a wild animal. Quote, in captivity, we train the animals not to think on their own, to shut down their brains and do what we ask them to do. Unquote. Now, in this case, though, we got to keep in mind, this is the trainer inflicting this, imposing this on the animal. We might have to turn this uh, you know, telescope around and ask what sort of self-imposed behaviors do we do to turn ourselves on autopilot, which is a bit more tragic. Sure, it's self-inflicted, but still tragic all the same. So to be clear, it is absolutely possible to take a wild animal, even one as hyper-intelligent as a dolphin, and to atrophy its physical and mental prowess with as little as a few years of captivity. No, again, this is not domestication. Not in the strict sense of the word, but the level of training required to wean an animal, a wild animal, off of its civilization and to make it fit to be wild again is indeed food for thought. A few years of civilization atrophied these animals' natural abilities. What might a lifetime of civilization do? Generations. Does voluntary civilization and generations of it at that opposed to uh, one generation of catch and capture compound the atrophy problem? Again, the arrow is not here to turn on point, say, these kids today, look at how soft they are. No, no, no. We must be asking about our own habits. That's the only thing we can do anything about. And it's really the only thing that should be of interest of anyone. You don't need to point and say, these people are soft. You've got to find out what soft habits might we have, where we have accepted too much civilization. This is not anti-tech, anti-civilization. And either the point, it just asks, do we need to do a little bit of this Tom and Misha style? Uh, rewilding ourselves. Now, with that intention in mind, I ask us to pause and reflect what extent we ourselves possibly chosen voluntary domestication and at what cost. Now, a key question at this point might be, is there a biological mechanism that points to us being able to lose physical and cognitive abilities, particularly this quickly? and uh, lose them in such a remarkably short amount of time. Is there a bi biological driver that once atrophied actually reduces our ability to even think about uh, regarding some of these long-lost abilities? Now, without such a concrete mechanism, this discussion is just philosophical piffle or just another opinion piece. But is there a biological driver? Well, it turns out there is. And this also comes from animal studies. And we just may not like the animal that most resembles us in our current state. We'll cover that for uh, another time, but it's probably enough food for thought here. The primary moral for today is to pay attention to our own habits, not pointing at others, not pointing to how much your kids are on a screen or anything like that. Look at yourself as not just about screens. It's regular meal times, whatever. This is not uh, an argument to sleep on concrete every night or anything like that. It's just to re-grab a little bit of the rewilding. So uh, let's end with that Lee Child quote again. Quote, we were wild animals for 7 million years. We learned a lot of lessons. We should be careful not to lose them. Unquote. So, food for thought, kids. At least it was to me. Take care of yourselves. Like, subscribe, support the podcast. Hell, do whatever you want. Take care. Well, if you dig what we just discussed today, uh, I'd like to invite you to like and subscribe to the podcast. Hell, support it if you want. I'm not your dad. Do what you want. And if you're a glutton for punishment, uh, just visit our website, ExtremeSelfProtection.com. You'll find links to the blog, all of our products, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more pages of like musics.